Alright everybody, good evening and welcome back into the Big Four Sports Podcast. How y'all doing? My name is Nick Edson as always. A um, couple of quick plugs before we actually get into this one. We are closing in on one year of doing this podcast. This is absolutely amazing. I never, I never thought I'd be here. I thought I'd quit like six months in and I can say, well, at least I gave it a try. No, I was completely wrong. We are go- we're we're going to go far with this. Also, we are close to 400 all-time plays on this podcast. I think we'll get it by Friday. Let's make sure that happens. Make sure you listen to this. Go listen to past episodes if you f- if you feel like it. And uh, yeah, let's get this show rolling. So, by the way, I appreciate everybody who sticks around and l- listens to these podcasts weekly. Because we're almost to 400 all-time plays and we've been doing this for almost a year which is weird to say, on March 7th, we will have crossed the one-year anniversary, and that will be a bonus episode because that does not line up with Tuesday or Wednesday. So that'll be a bonus episode to celebrate my one years. Maybe I'll put together like a, like a I don't know what you, what you call them these days, like compilations of my best moments. Who knows? But yeah, so let's let's start it off with, we're actually going to start it, we're going to be finishing our mock draft. Now that we know who won the Super Bowl, we know who will be having the 31 and 32 pick in this year's draft dude it looks like i'm wearing a neck guard right now so let's get this let's get this show rolling all right number 21 the miami dolphins where we left off i had a massive take where the chiefs traded up where the chiefs traded up and they got romo dunze i had to fix that real quick we had the the chiefs trade with the pittsburgh steelers and they take romo dunze a wide receiver out of washington so that means number 21, the Philadelphia Eagles, they take Jackson Powers Johnson. He's an offensive lineman out of Oregon. I just think the Dolphins need to go offensive line. I don't see them really going anywhere else. I don't think they're a quarterback. They don't. They definitely don't need to go wide receiver. There's no really good tight ends. Brock Bowers is already off the board. So yeah, I think the Dolphins go O-line here. I just think that's the best option. He's the best option on the board. Number 22, the Philadelphia Eagles. They take Tyler Guyton because Lane Johnson is retiring, and so is Jason Kelsey, O-lineman out of Oklahoma. I, I think this pick, is, this pick is pretty self-explanatory to, you know, Lane Johnson and, J- and Jason Kelsey retiring. They're going to need some new O-line help, and it starts with Tyler Guyton. Number 23, the Houston Texans. They go. They shouldn't go anywhere else but Chop Robinson. That's what I have them doing. Chop Robinson, edge ed rusher out of Penn State. They shouldn't go anywhere else. Like Chop Robinson is their best option. Chop Robinson and the Texans is such a great fit. Chop, Chop Robinson might win D-Rookie of the Year if he goes and works for D'Amico Ryans. That's a hot take, I know, but it could definitely happen. Number 24, the Dallas Cowboys. This is going to sound a bit surprising, but they I actually had them taking Keon Coleman out of Florida State University. I just think, I don't i don't know if they go with that typical Cowboys pick of taking a defensive lineman. They did that last year. And the Cowboys don't have very much depth at wide receiver. I mean, they have CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks. That's about it. I know they have Michael Gallup, but he's old. I think they need, they need to get some, they, get, they need, some young talent alongside alongside C. Lamb and Keon Coleman's their guy. Number twenty five, the Packers. They're going to take Cooper DeGene, corner out of Iowa. This pick this pick is also pretty self explanatory. Packers are on a very much depth at 
at corner, and I think that they fill that with Cooper DeGene, of course. Number 26, the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to take Ennis Rakestraw. Very, very interesting name. Another corner out of Missouri. I just think that Tampa Bay, their their defense is fine, but they don't have very much corners. They have, they have Antoine Winfield, who I think will leave, and he's a safety. Like, I can't really think of, like, I can't really think of, um, like, corners on the Bucks, and then maybe Carlton Davis. Yeah, they're getting old at that position. They're going to need some new young talent, and Ennis Rakestraw is going to be that guy. 27, the the Arizona Cardinals. I almost said Los Angeles Cardinals for some reason. They take Graham Barton, an offensive lineman out of Duke. This pick is pretty self-explanatory because, well, Cardinals need offensive line help, of course, because their offensive line is not very good. And I, I just think also Graham Barton is actually a pretty good fit. Is also a pretty good fit. With the Arizona Cardinals and number 28, the Buffalo Bills. I don't even know how you pronounce this. Like, Jarzan Newton. I like that's how you say it. He's defensive lineman out of Illinois. I don't really know why I said this. I don't really, I, I don't even think the Bills really need to draft anybody. Like, they, they have some good young talent. But at the same time, I feel like, like, people say the Bills roster is crap. Sometimes, and then that, a lot of that is true. But they also have players that either the Bills just are too confident in or they're also like just above replaceable if you know what i mean up next the lions they take latte latu edge rusher out of ucla yes that's his actual name i think the lions i know they have aiden hutchinson but who else do they have at edge rusher other than aiden hutchinson that is a true game record if the if the lions got latte latu this defense might be top 10 just because if you have that other game wrecker alongside Aiden Hutchinson, I don't think no offensive line or no quarterback is safe to have time in the pocket and try to make throws. Number 30, the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to take Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. I know the Ravens absolutely nailed it with Zay Flowers last year, and I think they're going to I think they're gonna go with one more receiver here to try to fully lock it down because outside of Zay Flowers, name me a good receiver on the Ravens. There's nothing, right? So I think they go with Brian Thomas Jr., a receiver out of LSU. Number 31, the 49ers, they take Jordan Morgan out of Arizona. This put, I think that the Niners, I think they need offensive line help. They lost Mike McGlinchey. We saw how that turned out. Trent Williams is going to be retiring before too long, and they need to get some younger talent in there. And it starts with Jordan Morgan out of Arizona. 32, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they take Tavondre Sweat, defensive lineman out of Texas. Honestly, I know I know the Steelers' defense is perfectly fine, but I also think that Cameron Hayward is is kind of old, and that whole defensive line is kind of old. They might look for like new talent, and Travondre Sweat would also fit in perfectly because he's being able to coach. He's being able to get coached by the veterans, and well, yeah, it, it'll it'll explain itself later. When Tavondre Sweat is re- is game wrecking for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think the Steelers go with Travondre Sweat, defensive lineman out of Texas, and that's my first round mock draft. Maybe we'll do a mock draft 2.0 or a 3.0 sometime soon. But let's move on to the Super Bowl. All right, here we go. So lot to talk about. First off, that second half was absolutely amazing, and the Niners sold again. Up by 10 and lost by 11, but they lost by 3 as well. Yeah, I don't really know what to think of this. I feel like Kansas. we all knew that Kansas City was probably inevitable. Like, we knew after 
it was 10 to 3. We knew, oh, the Chiefs are going to pull their head out of their ass and play better football. And I was right. They they started playing a bit better football, and they scored 22 to end it. Yeah, this is a weird Super Bowl. It felt it felt like a defensive slugfest, yet it felt like an offensive. It, it felt it felt like an offensive game. It was just it was that kind of game. It was a great way to cap off the season. Now I don't know what I don't know what I'm going to do with myself for the next seven months. As Purdy, 23 of 38, 255 in a touchdown. McCaffrey, 22 carries for 80 yards. Christian McCaffrey at 8 receiving for 80 yards and a touchdown. And yeah, looking at it, uh, Jawan Jennings, 1 for 1, 21 and a touchdown. That was the pass to Christian McCaffrey. That was an absolute rainbow that ended up getting caught somehow. It was Brock Purdy, 3 carries for 12 yards. That just hit the under. On my betting lines, Debo Samuel had three carries for eight yards. Elijah Mitchell, two for eight, carrying. Christian McCaffrey had eight receiving for 80 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, three for 49 receiving. Jawan Jennings, four for 42 and a touchdown. Dude, Jawan Jennings had a heck of a game. I actually think he might have... Christian McCaffrey went crazy, but if Christian McCaffrey did not exist and the Niners were to win the Super Bowl, Jawan Jennings might have actually might have actually won Super Bowl MVP. He had a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown, which has never happened before. Debo Samuel, three receptions for 33 yards. Kyle Juszczyk, two for 31. And the Ray Ray McLeod, one for 19. Chris Conley had a reception for 18 yards. Hey, you remember that guy? And then George Kittle had two for four. Up next, uh, yeah, looking on defense, Jai Ayer Brown, who's number 27 on the Niners defense. He had a pick, and that was the only pick. Chase Young got to the quarterback. Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave each got to the quarterback. And Dre Greenlaw, a non-contact injury while running onto the field, ended up ending his game and his season, technically, because, well, there's no season after this. And looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, 34-46, 333, two touchdown and an interception. Mahomes rushing had 9 for 66 rushing. Pacheco had 18 carries for 59 yards. Rashid Rice had 2 carries for 5 yards. Travis Kelsey had 9 receptions for 93 yards. McCole Hartman had 3 for 57 and a touchdown. That was the game-winning touchdown. Justin Watson had 3 receptions for 54 yards. Rashid Rice had 6 receptions for 39 yards. Pacheco had 6 receptions for 33 yards. Noah Gray had two for 22. Valdez Scantling had three for 20 and a touchdown. Jarek McKinnon, two for 15. I actually think Rashid Rice scored that touchdown, but I could be wrong. And looking at it again, Justin Reed and George Karlaftis each combined for a sack. And that was the only sack of this whole game. That was the only time that the Chiefs were able to get the were able to get to the quarterback. And yeah, that was really it to cap off a great season, honestly, not by the Patriots, but a great season overall. And I cannot wait for next season. We're actually on to spring football, which is going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. I think in like four or five weeks. If today, yeah, today's February 13th. The premiere of the UFL is like March 30th. That's in like six weeks, five weeks, maybe. All right, one second. Alright, yeah, so Chiefs win 25-22, and a three-peat might be coming. I, I hate to say it, 
Because I hate the Kansas City Chiefs, but a three-peat, I think a three-peat is 100% possible for the first time ever in Super Bowl history. I think in the Super Bowl era, I think a three-peat's completely possible. So yeah, let's move to the Celtics and the Bruins, and we will be done here. So all right, where do we leave off? Right here. This game should not have been close, but yet it still was. I mean, yeah, though this game was like a three-point game with like seven seconds left, and we ended up pulling away in the very end. Just we kept letting the Hawks come back on us, and we can't let that happen. We can't just get up by a lot and then just say and just sit back. Because then we'll allow teams to come back, and that's how this game was an eight-point game. We are looking at the Celtics, though. Al Horford had 14 points, Tatum had 20, Porzingis had 31, White had 21, Jalen Brown had 15 points, Sam Hauser had 10 points, Cornette, Pritchard, and Brissett. They all scored. They all scored like a bucket. Pritchard had four buckets, and then O'Shea Brissett had a bucket. Yeah, either way, this game should not have been close. I think if the Celtics didn't sit back, like, third quarter when they were up by a decent amount, then if they, like, if they didn't sit back, like, mid-third quarter, that's how it got to 24 to 23 scoring in the third quarter. It was going to be, like, 24 to 10. If we didn't sit back, this game's like a 20, like a 20-point blowout. Up next, the Washington Wizards face the Boston Celtics. Another game where this game should not have been close. And do not tell me for a single second that I am not mad at the Celtics being down by, like, eight. A horrendous first half. Like, honestly, what in the what kind of first half was that? I don't care if we won. That was bull. We should not have... I don't think we should have won this game. And... It was because of that third quarter. That's the only reason why this game, like if we if we don't do as good as we did in the third quarter, we lose this game by ten plus. Yeah. Either way, we were down seventy-one to sixty-four at the half, and we kept turning the ball over, kept kept taking stupid shots, kept missing those stupid shots, and we somehow put up one thirty-three. I mean, that's all. That's if you can take something good away from this game, it it would be that. This was still horrible, though. I like. There's still not a lot to like out of this game. As Tatum went for 35, Brown went for 18, Porzingis went for 34, Drew Holiday went for 20, Derek White and Al Horford went for four and six. Pritchard had 11, Sam Hauser had five. On to the last game. This is a Super Bowl Sunday matchup, and we got the win. I mean, there. It's just a it's just a standard win, if you know what I mean. Like. I know the Celtics, like, they were, I know this game, but this game was close, like, they, it was within, it was within four, but also, you, you gotta, like, you gotta like beating the Heat, <laughs> sweeping them in the, in the regular season series, I know the Heat usually suck in the, they suck in the regular season, but it's still a sweep of a rival and a team that beat you in the playoffs last year as did th this game honestly felt like a bit more of a defensive slugfest Duncan Robinson cannot miss if I were to pay Duncan Robinson to miss and he shot it normally he would make it and I'd lose all my money like seriously though Tatum had 26 Jalen Brown had 20 Porzingis had 25 Derek White had six Drew Holiday had 15 points 
Al Horford had four points, Sam Hauser had six points, Peyton Pritchard had eight points, and yeah. Like I said, this game felt like more of a defensive slugfest, yet it also felt like there was a lot of offense in this game. It was a really weird game, but we ended up winning it by four and sweeping the heat in the regular season series. Let's move on to the Bruins. This might be the most up-and-down week I think I've ever seen out of the Boston Bruins. We started off with this absolute crap show. That was the Bruins versus the, Cal versus the Calgary Flames. First game of the seven-game homestand, and I just need to say it right now, not game of the year. I actually take that back. We have a game later that was not game of the year. What was this? We just look, we look like we were skating in molasses, as my dad likes to call it. We were skating in cement, and that honestly sums it up. We were getting the booze at the end, which we honestly deserved, because, well, the, the, of course, we, we deserved it. We, were, we weren't playing very good. And Charlie Coyle and David Postnock got got an assist, and Zaka scored the only goal of this game. And we didn't end up scoring till the third period, where this game was way out of hand. Horrible, horrible game out of the Boston Bruins, until I think that we have bounced back. And I think we have bounced back as we play maybe our game of the year against the team that they put number one in rank, the Vancouver Canucks. I think that we are good. As well, Charlie Coyle had two assists, Pasternak had two assists, Zaka had a goal and an assist, Geeky Heinen and Marshan scored all the other goals, and James Van Riemsdyk had an assist. Yeah, we four nothing win over Vancouver. That is that is very valid. And it's gonna be tested until we go to until we go to Vancouver. I think we've already gone to Vancouver to play the Canucks, but either way, yeah, this is a very, very quality game out of the Boston Bruins, beating the number one team in rank pretty much like silently. And you follow it up with this, a 3-0 loss to the Washington Capitals. I don't even have words for this game other than WTF was this. Like, how do I even put this into words other than this was the crap show? Like, we, we had 12 shots on goal this entire game. Like, the only, like, we only had 12 shots on goal the entire game. Our hockey team had double that this weekend, and we played 45 minutes, and we had double, maybe triple the amount of shots on goal that the Bruins had. On this, on this exact day, Saturday, February 10th, we played our game against our crosstown rival, Oyster River. We beat them 11-2, and we had triple the amount of shots on goal that the Bruins did. That's how I put this game. Honestly, I'm not even going to read through the stats. There's nothing really to see. So yeah, that ended with a rant, that ended with a thud. That's going to do it for this one, everybody. Hope y'all enjoyed this one. As always, uh, we are closing in on a year of doing this podcast. I appreciate everybody who comes out here and listens to these podcasts, takes time out of their day to listen to me. Thank you very much, and I'll see y'all next week. All right, peace.